0: Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 103.9 L.I. News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with the author of Forbidden Beat, Perspectives on Punk Drumming, and who better to write that book than S.W. Lorden, uh, a.k.a. Steve Coulter, and he is the drummer in Brothers Steve. And uh, you know, he'll uh, he'll uh, he'll correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. But uh, he he runs uh, writes under the uh, pen name of S. W. Wooden, Great books, there, fiction and nonfiction. But this is a must get for everyone. So get two of them. Get one for yourself and get one for your favorite drummer. And but get this book for sure. Steve, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the show.
0: Yeah, well, listen, thrilled to have you. And if you can give us a uh, give us a little rundown on how long this took from like uh, you uh conceiving the idea and and handing it off to the publisher.
1: Yeah um I would say it was about 18 months to 2 years just because I didn't really write the book myself. I more curated a collection of essays and interviews and top 5 lists so I had to track a lot of people down and most importantly kind of explain the concept of why I was putting together a book uh, specifically about punk drummers
0: right. <laughs> yeah I, I imagine that was like herding cats to get you know I, I mean if you and i've worked with punk drummers and i've worked with you know metal drummers and uh, boy, any kind of any kind of drummer any kind of musician it's like herding cats to get them to uh you know to focus on one thing was it a challenge to get people to focus on this or was everybody all in from day one and just completely organized from day one
1: Well, uh, it's actually a great question. I was really surprised by the positive response that I got once I sort of like perfected my pitch in trying to explain the concept to people. Um, And right away, a lot of people uh, said that they were on board to do something. Uh, Initially, I was asking for all essays, but then I realized that if I really wanted to include a bunch of different perspectives from different bands and different eras and different modes of punk that I had to allow some flexibility. So that's when I expanded it into interviews and then added the top five influence lists.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, if you if you're waiting for everyone, by the way, even highly intelligent people aren't the greatest writers, you know, you, you have a knack for it. You write very well, fiction, nonfiction. Um, but a lot of people don't necessarily have that even bright people. So, you know, I imagine when you ask somebody to uh, to do something that's out of their comfort zone, uh, it, you you know, you, you're kind of stirring up feelings uh, in there. So, I mean, that's, that's interesting right off the bat. Who was the first one you contacted?
1: Um, the first person I contacted was Mike Watt, the bass player from uh, The Minutemen and Firehose.
0: Yeah. yeah. Listen, interesting. Did you have uh, a much different list in mind when you first started thinking about the book than what ultimately showed up?
1: I mean, my wish list was 40 miles long. Like I could have, I probably could have gone another 14 essays and another 25 interviews. Um, you know, I, I reached out to Mike Watts specifically because the drummer George Hurley that he played with in the Minutemen and Firehose is one of my all-time favorite drummers. And and he's a drummer that I've never heard anybody else play quite like him. And I, I was very lucky to see them uh, as Firehose. And... I, I decided to speak with Watt rather than George Hurley because I not only wanted the perspective from the drummers, which I have a ton of drummers in the book who talk about their own experience, but Mike Watt is this like legendary punk bass player, and his perspective on drumming I think is really interesting. So again, I just I was always trying to widen it as much as I could to get the most interesting perspectives. Who
0: surprised you the most, as far as what they what they delivered? And I don't mean rating it, you know, uh, good to bad. But uh, did anybody uh, give you something that you just came out of left field, uh, and, you know, in a positive, you know, or any kind of possible way?
1: Yeah, I have to say that uh, I connected with a woman named Lynn Perco Truel, and uh, she's probably best known now as uh, one of the founding members of Imperial Teen which is an alternative rock band that's been around since the 90s. But as uh, she sent her essay in and I learned more about her background, I was really blown away because this is a woman who was playing hardcore punk drums in the very early 80s with a band called The Rex. She ended up playing with a band called The Dicks in San Francisco, and then she um, formed a band called Sister Double Happiness before Imperial Teen. Her perspective on punk rock and how it changed her life as a teenager I thought was really amazing. And and her essay is, is fantastic.
0: Frank McKay here, reminding everyone who's just tuning in late or turning on their radios a little late. uh, Our very special guest is Steve Coulter, AKA SW Lorden. And uh, it's just a wonderful book that he has put together. It is a must get for, uh, for everyone. And, uh, you know, especially if you're a drummer, but it's just an interesting way to go about a, um, A book. And and maybe, yeah, he's right. I I shouldn't say he's the author. He's the the editor. He's, uh, yeah, he's, you know, somebody's got to be the author, right? So he's the guy who put it all together. It's called Forbidden Beat Perspectives on Punk Drumming. And again, it is a must get. Steve, if you don't mind, give us a little bit of your history and start from the beginning. Where were you born and where were you raised?
1: I grew up in Southern California uh, in an area called the South Bay, which is, you know, Redondo Beach, Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, in that area. And so that ends up being the what's called the cradle of hardcore punk because that's where SST records formed uh, in the late 70s and early 80s. And so, you know, my friends and I like to joke that when you turn 13, you get handed a skateboard and a mixtape of SST <laughs> bands and told that that is your lineage. So. Um, that, that very much was true for me. You know, the, the first punk band I heard was Dead Kennedys. Some high school kids played it for me when I was 12, and it totally blew my mind. And then I fell for all the SST bands like, you know, the Minutemen, as I mentioned, but also like Black Flag, certainly the Descendants. Um, and so that gave me sort of the, the confidence to play drums because my older brothers, who were really cool, but they were much older than me, were really into metal and what you would call classic rock now. And so I was really weaned on that stuff. But when I found punk, uh, I found music that I felt like was my own. So I started playing drums and, uh, you know, I was in like some terrible garage rock bands with funny names like Persecuted Youth and Six Feet Under, just like as tortured teen as you can possibly get. Um, And then, you know, uh, played in those bands, mostly Backyard Parties, The Odd Club Show. And then in the mid-90s, I joined a band in Hollywood called Rydell High. We ended up making a record with Joey Cape, who's the lead singer of Lagwagon, and it was released on his label called My Records. And then it was later picked up by AM Records. And then after that band, I played drums for two records with a band called Czar, T-S-A-R. And we were on Hollywood Records. And then the second record came out on TBT. So, you know, I, I was a very fortunate person in that I I I got inspired by punk rock. It gave me the confidence to get behind the drum set. And then I ended up playing in basically alternative rock bands for the next 10 or 15 years.
0: Uh, TVT was a a very hot label at uh, one point, especially, uh, you know, probably at that time Uh, and Hollywood uh, records, if it's incorrect, if I'm wrong, that's Disney's label. Is that not?
1: No, that's true. And actually the, um, our A&R guy was Rob Cavallo. And and he was just coming off of uh, winning a Grammy for producing a Green Day record. So that was the main reason we signed with them was to work with Rob.
0: Yeah, I you know really, uh, in, it's an impressive um, uh, upbringing, and and you're, it's funny that you say that you handed a skateboard and uh, and the mixtape, but you know it's it's not that far from the truth, you know. I mean, it's uh, you know it's you're expected uh, to do something when you're if you're if you're not an athlete, let's say, and you're a musician, uh, you know you're you're really gonna uh, gravitate towards. Uh, that type of situation but there's a misconception uh, among uh, you know if I'm talking to people out there that uh, that don't know um, folks don't, don't know musicians and don't know metal and uh, and and punk bands and musicians uh, you you don't you can't assume that everyone's like sid vicious and everyone's got a needle <laughs> and everyone uh, some of the uh, you know some of the brightest people uh, I know and some of the most together people I know come from punk bands and uh, there's uh, there's a lot of serious people that have either played in punk bands still play in punk bands and uh, and a lot of them uh, have been over the years self-managed and uh, you know you get a you, you get a bunch of folks um, having the, uh, the the misconception that you're, you're dealing with a whole bunch of uh, People with with substance abuse problems. It's not always the case.
1: Yeah, you don't want to always fall for the marketing because people are going to go for the most salacious stuff. And certainly, there is that strain of punk rock. There are the Sid Viciouses out in the world, right? But you know, when you really step back and think about the beauty of punk rock, is the whole DIY ethic means that punk bands are self-driven, self-motivated, have no real expectation of mainstream success, and so what they're really doing is running small blue-collar businesses because um, they have to be scrappy. They have to book their own shows. They have to get a van. They have to find a way to get gasoline in the van. They have to either put out their own records or find an indie label to put out their record for them. You know, And so you end up with people who are really tenacious and driven behind this idea of creating and releasing punk rock music. I think also it's interesting within that but there's also the sort of like cliché of the brain-dead drummer, right? Uh, drummers really get, uh, you know, really get pummeled with sort of drummer jokes about how they're the guy that hangs out with real musicians and that kind of thing. Right. Um, but in reality, uh, you, know, you usually the drummers, in my experience, not all, but a lot of drummers I've met, they're the ones that are like they're early setting up. They're doing the sound check, they're setting up the t-shirt booth, they're settling up with the club at the end of the night, they're the last guys breaking down, and they probably drive the first or second leg of the trip to the next town, so there's a lot of misconceptions within that, but you lean into those cliches a little bit because it's easy for people to understand, and and it's probably more exciting than the truth, which is, I'm sleeping on floors and I'm playing to six people at a club in Des Moines.
0: Yeah. Uh, Steve Coulter is the voice that you're hearing, and he is the the drummer for the uh, the brothers Steve and Zarr, uh in in the, in the past. and They were on TVT and Hollywood Records. Frank McKay here, uh, and uh, he writes under the name S. W. Lawden. And this book that we're talking about is a collection of of essays, and he's compiled it and uh, written an essay. Of his own in the book and he's uh, just just put together a wonderful book and all of his oh he writes fiction nonfiction he's he's terrifically talented musically and uh, on the on the end of literature uh, Forbidden Beat is his latest perspectives on punk drumming Frank McKay here much more importantly Steve Coulter is our very special guest or uh, SW Lawden uh, Steve I'm coming from the business end of of punk and um, and metal and so forth we managed bands I produced a lot of uh, a lot of bands here in New York but we owned three clubs and they were they were called dr. Shays and we we made sure that we did a uh, all ages show on on Saturdays and Sundays and not because not because they were money makers they were anything but and sometimes they were a, a bigger hassle you know uh, than than anything mm-hmm. but we needed to encourage the the scene and it was mostly punk and ska at the time in the uh, early mid 90s uh that was there but we needed to to give an outlet for people to develop and if uh, if there's no outlet uh and and we found with, with punk bands and ska bands at the time that they were uh, they would find their own outlets and if they'd create backyard situations or they different types of things. But uh, I'm encouraging anyone who's got a got a club out there and if you have a day, uh, you know, doing all ages uh, punk uh, show and uh, even if you're taking on the chin a little, it'll develop uh, people and they're not always going to be in punk bands and they're going to develop into other bands. But if if clubs don't do that type of thing, Uh, they're really hurting the possibility of there being a future scene. Uh, Your thoughts on something along those lines, everywhere, uh, you know, across the country.
1: Well, I'm I'm actually so glad to hear you say that, And, and kudos to you for doing that when you were running those clubs, because I don't think a lot of promoters or bookers or club owners think it all the way through the way that you guys did. And from my personal experience, you know, all ages shows, both when I was a teenager and underage before I got a fake ID um, to when I was an adult, but I was still playing all ages shows are invaluable for a lot of reasons. The word of mouth that you're talking about, nurturing the local scene that you're talking about. But beyond all of that, I think what you're really encouraging is the community that builds up around these clubs and around these bands and around these scenes. And I don't know if you've checked this book out, but there's a book called In Defense of Ska by Aaron Carnes. Have you read that?
0: No, but I've heard it, and and somebody else uh, had told me to uh, to get it, and I just haven't yet.
1: Yeah, I, I, I happen to be a, a regular contributor to The Big Takeover, which, as you know, is a legendary New York punk fanzine, yeah. and I actually just interviewed Aaron Carnes yesterday, but his book is interesting because I'm guessing he played some of your clubs because they talk a lot about... Touring in ska bands and playing all ages shows across the U.S. because of exactly guys like you who had the foresight to nurture the local scene. I, I think it's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, well, that's terrific, and it's a must. Just say the name of the book again, so people listening could uh, could focus in on it.
1: It's uh, Aaron Carnes is the author, and the name of the book and the name of his podcast is In Defense of Ska.
0: Yeah, terrific, absolutely terrific, and uh, you know, listen, I, there. There is so little that uh, that we can do, I guess, as a, as a society to encourage um, original music. But, uh, you know, when you're in the business, and especially if you're you're making any kind of money on the business, whether you're a record store owner, uh, well, you know, for those few that are left uh, there, um, if you are a, a club owner, if you're a studio owner, uh, you should try to create outlets for, for young people to develop. And it's just, it's not there. What is the state of original music, uh, do-it-yourself type acts uh, at this point. what is What does it look like now compared to what it looked like 25 years ago?
1: Yeah, I'm, you know, it, it's a great question. I'm not as close to it maybe as I used to be um, because I think it, in a lot of ways it is a very young scene. But from what I'm gathering, uh, it's not stopped. It may not be in the mainstream as much as it was in the 90s when sort of pop-punk exploded. Um, and these little revivals that have popped up since then. But there are definitely bands. There are new bands forming right now as you and I are talking. Um, and the more that club owners like yourself or managers or small labels or whoever can give them some support and, and help them out, then the scene will never die. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing about punk rock that the barrier of entry by design is very low. So it's always gonna regenerate. It may not look like what you and I thought of as punk rock when we were kids, but it's gonna be a version of punk rock that's sort of rooted in that low barrier of entry, garagey sort of rudimentary rock and roll that really inspired all the different variations of punk rock over the decades.
0: Steve Coulter is the voice that you're hearing, AKA SW Lawden, and uh, he has uh, put together a great book, uh, a must. Uh, a must get for everyone. Forbidden Beat perspectives on punk drumming. Everyone get this book. Frank McKay here with Steve. Steve, let's talk about some of your other your other books. You have an interesting catalog, and uh, you know I just started uh, kind of leafing through a, um, a you know a list of, of some some of what you've done, some of your work. Uh, l- let's talk about some of your other books and and kind of plug them in case people want to uh, want to check out some writing. Uh, you do you do some fiction and you do uh, nonfiction of course uh give us a little rundown of what you've written
1: yeah um you know music and writing were the two things that really kind of blew my mind as a teenager and so they've always been sort of competing for my attention uh as i've grown up and evolved over the years um i think i focused a lot more on music when i was younger because it just seemed like a natural thing to want to be in a band and travel around and see the world uh, as I've gotten older, uh, I focus more on my writing now. The The first book I published was in 2015, and it's called Bad Citizen Corporation, and it's a crime novel. It's set in the South Bay where I grew up, and it is about an infamous punk singer who becomes a P.I., and so <laughs> he's in a punk band. Uh, he's got this crazy past. It's sort of a surf noir book um, that then turned into two other books, Grizzly Season and the final book in that trilogy is called hang time and together those three books are called the greg salem trilogy Um, i wrote a couple of novellas for a florida publisher Uh, there was one called crosswise and there was one called crossed bones i've written and self-published a couple of novellas about a power pop band uh, that are thieves by night that live in oklahoma Uh, very specific and then uh, i put i co-edited Two nonfiction essay collections, very similar to the format of Forbidden Beat: Perspectives on Punk Drumming, uh, but about the genre of music called power pop, which was, you know, probably best known bands like The Knack or Badfinger um, in the 70s and 80s. And we, uh, I co-edited that with Paul Myers. Uh, and the first book is called Go All the Way, and the second book is called Go Further.
0: If you can give us a final word on Forbidden Beat, perspectives on punk drumming. Uh, just, just kind of round it out for us if you
1: can. I mean, the, the, the way I look at it and my approach to this whole thing is I've always looked at drummers as the beating heart of punk rock. So I really just wanted to give them some limelight and hear their stories. And I, and I think that our contributors did a fantastic idea, uh, did a fantastic job of bringing that to life in Forbidden Beat.
0: Forbidden Beat Perspectives on Punk Drumming is the name and uh, it, it's a must get. Steve Coulter is the author and you can find it under the pen name S.W. Lorden and uh, is a very creative man and very talented guy, very bright guys you can hear and get this book everyone get all of his books and uh, just absolutely terrific. Uh, drummer uh, for the brothers Steve and informally, uh, of Czar Frank McKay uh, signing off. Congratulations, Steve, on the book, and uh, congratulations on all your success. And hopefully, we can get back together for a part two and a part three.
1: Oh man, I would love that. Thank you so so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Steve Colton, uh, Colton, everyone
0: has been our very special guest. S.W. Lawden is the pen name, and please get the book. Once again, it's called Forbidden Beat perspectives on punk drumming. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down.